Dave Wadsworth. Hey, Leslie. Good to see you, bud. Man, how are you doing today? How about that, right? <laughs> you know what? Any better? I couldn't stand it. I uh, Things are just, um, it's almost scary. You'd think the game is rigged, you know, but uh, <laughs> we all have our ups and downs, don't we? We do. I mean, indeed we do. And and uh, I think the Bible says it this way. He promised us trials and tribulations. Yes. And boy, do we get it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. When we think things are really good and we're smooth and smooth sailing, all of a sudden here comes a storm and we get capsized. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, we are going to jump right into it today. Um, uh, and we are, are live on YouTube if you're trying to find us. Uh, but we're going to jump right into the show today, Dave. And the title of the show is this Overcoming Prejudice, Personal Stories of Transformation and Growth. And so what we're going to really do here is just really dive into it and uh, and and really look at our lives and what, what we've experienced um, and, and just really dive into this topic. And so just walk with me, Dave, and be patient with me as I am with you as we try to navigate this to help some people today. That sounds good. Yeah, I, I that's a whole thing with our show, Leslie, and our friendship. We're always looking to, to add value to people and um, just give a perspective that is encouraging and uplifting. And uh, hopefully uh, people come out the other end and they're much better off. And uh, that's really our goal. And working together, you know, we're way better than trying to do it all ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when we look at this, um, as we get into it, I, you know, I want to make sure. And like, I can't say that any better because the whole purpose of the show is to help people do something that we've found a way to do. And we found a way to do it very, very well. And so, and we know just looking at our country, our country has not found a way to do it well at all. Um, and, and and so we we have some, some things we can learn. Um, and so we're gonna share those things that God has given us. And we're gonna share those things and help some people today. So looking at this, first, let's start uh, the first segment off by defining prejudice, right? Uh, and, and so the first thing I'm going to ask you to do, Dave, is to discuss kind of the concept of prejudice and its impact on individuals and communities. Okay. Uh, that's your, your purview. There you go. Okay. Uh, prejudice comes in, in so many uh, packages, and uh, most of them are uh, through ignorance, or just uh, maybe a bias or a hatred or an anger or, or maybe a, a past, um, you know, wronged situation. And uh, but prejudice is really looking at at someone and having a bias uh, against them uh, or even, uh, you know, just, just a, a, a feeling uh, that's not even right. It's not even based on fact. It's, it's based on uh, maybe something that you thought or you heard. And as I get older, I think, did I say that or did I just dream that? You know? <laughs> but uh, but prejudice is really looking at someone and just because they're different than you, uh, you see their faults and you see uh, something wrong in them. And of course, uh, prejudice can be uh, just, you know, based on, you know, like you say, uh, the color of your skin uh, can be one thing. Maybe you're old. A lot of people are prejudiced against old people. Uh, I know a lot of young people, they just, they just don't like old people. They're in the way, and they just you know, 
get out of our way. You know, we're in a hurry. Leave us alone. Some people are prejudiced against young people. They're just, you know, they're just rude and obnoxious and they're not socially uh, very understanding. And so uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to be prejudiced. And I know in all my years, I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. And, uh, and you're right. In our country, you see a lot of um, negative and ugly uh, based on race. And, and I think there's a lot of stirring the pot. I think one on one, I don't see a lot personally, uh, because it seems like when we're face to face, we have our good manners out there, <laughs> typically. But uh, on social media, I hear some things and I see some ugly stuff going on. And I'm thinking, would you really say that if, if you were face-to-face? -face? And, and that's a problem. And, and I think that's a, a judgment we need to make, okay, in our lives. Are we saying things just because we're hiding behind a computer that we wouldn't want, we'd be embarrassed to say, you know, to someone's face? Well, we don't need to be saying it on the computer. So, um, but prejudice has been so hurtful uh, in so many ways. And, and, and I, as I get older, I realize, boy, I, I was so wrong in so many instances, just because I looked at a situation and when I found out all the facts, I'm like, oh, it wasn't even like, you know, I was thinking because uh, we just have, you know, the, that mindset. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a preconceived idea and, and it's based on a lot of things, but, uh, but it's usually very hurtful, uh, uh, not just to, to the person that, that you're showing it to, but to yourself. Uh, when you act in a prejudiced way, you're hurting yourself. And, uh, and that's a sad thing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. I think um, as we look at this thing, I'm going to bring up something uh, that, that I use even when we break into diversity principles, right? Because when, when people think of prejudice, most often when you hear the, when you hear the word prejudice, What's the first thing that comes to mind? What type of prejudice? It's usually a racial thing. It's usually racial, right? All right. And so we know, and, and we're not going to shy away from that one. We know that that's the big one. And we know that's the one we have the biggest problem with. But I just want to illustrate something for us. So let me just pull something up. I just want to um, illustrate something because I think sometimes we miss a lesson. So... Let me see if, if I can't find a way to illustrate this in a way that makes sense. All right. So when we think about a fruit basket, right, every last one of those pieces of fruit are in one family. They're all fruit, right? Right. 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 But they all are different. Very different. And yet they all compete for your affection, my affection, right? Because when we go into the grocery store, we are going to make a choice based on certain things, based on taste, based on how we're feeling, our attitude at that moment, based on what we're trying to do, who are we serving somebody else, is it for us? And if we are serving other people, here's the thing we do. When we're serving other people, we tend to get something that looks like this, a fruit basket, a variety of a lot of different things, right? Yes. However, when we are serving ourselves, that basket doesn't look anything like that. 
it seems to be um, a, a singular focus. It, it may have two or three items at most. It will not have the variety of the fruit basket. Why? Because we are only considering our interests, our tastes, our thoughts, our feelings, right? So I just want to, you know, want to hit something for a second. So when we think about this, right, let's look at the dimensions of that fruit basket. Here we go. The size of each one of those fruits is different, right? Yep. The color of each one of those fruits is different. Some may be similar, but they're all different color. The flavor is different, right? True. Okay. The texture, how they feel, yes. how they rub you, how they make you feel when you touch them is different. Yes. The weight of each of them is different. Yep. Right? The shape, different. Density. Yes. Different. Hardness, different. Leaf size, different. Region that they come from, different. So when we look at all of that, right, I say that to say, if all of those things are different, but yet they're one fruit, is that any different than us? Because the reality of it is they, when you look at that, you and I, our color is different. Our size is different. Our statue is different. The texture of our, of our, of our skin is different. The firmness of a handshake may be different. The way I perceive something, I receive something, is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But aren't we both males? Yep. Our blood type, if we match, is the same. There's no difference. That's right. Well, even though we don't come from the same place, we don't come from the same tree, we don't come from the same land, we come, don't come from the same origin, the incredible thing about it all is that the creator of us all puts some things in us that are consistent no matter what changes externally. Exactly. See, you can't see my blood by looking at me then. <laughs> I can't see your blood by looking at you. There's nothing you can do that will tell me your blood type. There's no characteristic you can have. There's It won't tell me your blood type. But here's what I know. When they cut you open and they cut me open, the color of that blood is going to be the same. That's right. And if we are match, you can save me and I can save you, That's even right. though we are different in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as we tackle this today and why I give that illustration is because what I've seen is people get stuck on their differences and you can't start a conversation if you're stuck on differences because you don't have any commonalities to start a conversation. And right. so if, you, if you're stuck on differences, you have no desire to have a conversation. Because if I'm stuck on differences, Dave, I don't like you. <laughs> There's no way I can get to a point where I like you. The best of me can simply tolerate you. <laughs> and that's what we do at work all day long. That's what we do as we go through society and life each and every day we tolerate and you cannot love if you only have the ability to tolerate 
Because yeah. tolerating me is not loving me. Because yeah. if you love me, you learn to understand my difference. And although you may not agree, but you can appreciate and you can respect it. But if you simply tolerate me, yeah. you only do that because you have to. Yeah, right. And that's why today on Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. That's true. That is I'm true. Just, so I always like to kind of put that point there to say, as we as we talk about this, if we're going to talk about, you know me, Dave, I'm going to give an illustration. Some <laughs> kind, right? To bring it home. But when you explore the different forms of prejudice, yes, there's racial, there's ethnic, there's cultural, but all of them, all of them have some undercore similarities that are consistent no matter what. I don't care what city you go to. If you learn the four or five major streets that rotate through that city, you can get around that city. Right. Every city, no matter how big or small, will have the main streets that anchor that city. Right? Right. Well, let me give you an example of what I mean, because I, I see the eyes like, where is Leslie going with this? Well, well if you go to Denver now, you'll have to remember that Wadsworth is one of the major thoroughfares in Denver, Colorado. So just want to put that out there. See that? <laughs> Didn't know that. But as we explore those different terms, those different concepts of prejudice, what happens is this, in my opinion. So we, we focus on the differences, right? So even though we could come from two totally different places, we may be as far opposite of each other as humanly possible on a mathematical scale. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that's going to be similar. As a man, as a husband, as a father, you simply want to protect your family. Sure. You simply want the best for your family. That's right. I guarantee you, although we may go about it different, that is universally the same, no matter what your race is, that's no right. matter what your culture is, no matter what your size is. That's right. <laughs> right? So when you start focusing on the things that are consistently the same, that's the foundation. And once you have a foundation, we all know, I, never, I have yet to see a house that the house was built and the foundation was built on top of the house. <laughs> There's a reason for that, because the house won't stand. <laughs> that's right. So when we look at the core of prejudice, what happens most times, there is no foundation. Yeah. There's no foundation of love. So now we have, I'm preaching all about the differences. I'm speaking to you all about our differences. I'm teaching my kids. I'm teaching generations about the differences and what I don't like about that person. Yes. So now if all I hear, if all I hear, because kids don't come into the world with racism, they don't come into the world with prejudice. They don't know it. That's a learned behavior. Sure so if all I'm speaking is about the things I don't like about Dave, how can my child ever have any ability to love Dave when she's never heard me say a positive thing about Dave? <laughs> Good point. Or vice versa. No way. So how many households do we have where in the core of that household, there's never a positive word that spoke about somebody that is different than you, but yet we expect our kids and people around us and our loved ones 
to not be prejudiced and biased. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. I'm gonna shut up now. That's my soapbox. I had to I had to get that off because I think we have to start with love. Well, and here and and and, and another part to that is not just love, respect. Respect is so critical. And and who's asking the question? Okay. My point is when you say respect me, if I'm saying that to you, it means one thing. I'm telling you, I want you to respect me. Now, if I'm tell, saying it to myself or I'm asking myself that question, I say respect me, then I need to respect myself. And, and if you don't respect yourself, how are you going to respect other people? But it starts with respecting another human being because I guarantee you, Leslie, you and I, our values are very similar. And, and I think just about everybody, we want to have um, a, a strong family. We want to have a, a spouse. Uh, we want to live in safety. We want to take care of our children. We want the best for our kids. Now, I'm, there's there's nobody out there. We're all alike in that. There's There's nobody based on any kind of color that doesn't want their kids to do well, that doesn't want their spouse to be happy. And, and doesn't want to have a productive, you know, working environment where they can go to work and not be harassed or, or, or treated badly. They want to be in a healthy place. They don't want to work or live in a dangerous or, or unhealthy situation. And I know in the past that's been uh, a big issue in a lot of a lot of places and stuff. But respect and love. You're right. Those two are so critical. And if you don't start that at home. Because I'm not in your house, so I can't tell your daughter, uh, who's a wonderful young lady, by the way. I I cannot tell her, hey, I'm Dave Wadsworth, and show her, you know, just by my actions. You know, you can tell a lot by people. Have you ever gone to, to the mall or you've been somewhere in the public, and you know how our women are out there shopping, they're they're doing their thing, and we're just kind of hanging out and being nice, and we watch people. And you know something, Leslie, you can learn a lot about just watching people. You don't have to interact with them, but you'll find out a lot of things about them, how they treat other people, how they treat their family, you know, what the, the things that they say to their children or they say to their, their spouse or how they, they treat a clerk or someone, maybe a cashier. I've seen situations in stores where somebody is just ridiculous and, and rude to the cashier. And it's like, why are you doing that? You're an idiot, you know, and, and, and you don't even have to, you know, interact with them to know that they're not a nice person, but, but respect and love. And, and, and we are hurting ourselves every time we limit ourselves to just a few of the, the pieces of fruit. Like you said, okay, I know you're talking about me being kind of a fruity guy, but I'm, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, we as a group, you know, all of us together, you know, the different flavors, texture, size, color, all that stuff. We are so much better together. It's just amazing Absolutely. the difference. I mean, just so much better. And and we are hurting ourselves every day that we don't reach out to someone uh, in a simple way. You don't have to go out of your way. It's right there in front of you. You just Absolutely. need to the opportunity. Absolutely. So let's go on to segment two. And I want to talk about personal experiences. And now, Dave, you know, I've always shared my personal experiences. So I'm going to sit back today because I really want to hear from you. Um, you can go to any one of the episodes. Uh, Leslie has never been shy a day in his life. So <laughs> I have a share with you. 
my personal experience, things I've learned, but I want to hear from Dave. And here's my question to you, Dave. I want you to share with me a personal story of encountering prejudice. Highlight the challenges that cause you. All right. And then I just want you to stop there. So just tell me, take me through a story of a personal time when you encounter prejudice and tell me about the challenges that that presented to you. You know, and, and I tell you, you put me on the spot because I grew up in a fairly isolated uh, area where uh, there was not a lot of differences uh, in, in the people. You had nice people and you had, you know, some jerks, but most of them were decent, decent human beings. So I did not witness a lot of prejudice. Now, I did have some prejudice um, in school uh, from some of my teachers. I think they looked at me as as kind of a, a sports person and a jock. And they didn't treat me with respect, especially my guidance counselor. He looked at me like, you're never going to amount to a hill of beans. And so I'm not going to waste my time with you. And it really hurt me. And, and that's why I'm talking about this 40 years later, because some of the things that she said to me and, and, and she just basically thought, okay, you're never going to amount to anything. And then of course I ended up, you know, I've got a couple degrees, um, you know, from, from one school, conservation law enforcement. I got a degree in agriculture economics from Purdue University, uh, major school. Uh, well, one of the top 10 engineering and agriculture schools in America. Uh, but, uh, but I think my prejudice was from people around me that looked at me and in a, in a, looked down on me. We, d we had one young man in our, in our school that was a black fellow um, and he, uh, Barry Turner name, and uh, we got to be friends. We sat uh, right next to each other in um, algebra. And, and I think most of the students, they went out of their way to be really kind, you know, to Barry. His dad was a Navy guy at the, at the local uh, naval base, and, um, and he had a good personality, and we were friends and, uh, and everything. And so I didn't ever witness any, any trouble with him interacting with anybody, and I, I never heard of any of which which is kind of amazing. You'd think, well, one guy out of, you know, three or 400 kids – you'd think there'd be some issues and that I never heard any of that. So, so mine, most of my stuff is very, very mild. Uh, now I would hear people say things um, against, you know, uh, derogatory things uh, uh, about blacks or uh, Jewish people, you know, used to, we had, had slang and stuff, but I, I really, I didn't have much use for any of that stuff. And, uh, but I want to hear from you, Leslie, cause you've got, I know you've run into so many experiences that they break my heart because it's, it's so unnecessary and it was so ridiculous. Um, so uh, go ahead. Give us, give us an example. Yeah. Well, you know what? I will tell you um, my first job out of college. Um, well, let's even go back before that. So during the interview season, that spring, on a lot of interviews to find your first job after college. And I remember traveling to, ironically, Dallas, where I live now. But, um, and I won't <clears throat> say the company's name of the person because it's been years ago, but I said one of my interviews um, that I had in Dallas, 
the person, so we was in his interview room and then there was a room that was behind the room we were in and, and the walls were thin. So I could still hear the person when they went back to the other room, I guess, where they were discussing things, the whole, cause it was a panel interview. And, um, you didn't have a glass and put it against the No, no, I didn't. I, I didn't even have to do that. I was just sitting there minding my own business, you know, waiting for uh, them. And the interview hadn't even started yet. And I remember, but I could hear people talking right next to me. And um, I'm sitting there and I hear the voices and they're talking. A the guy says, he says, he says, I thought we were interviewing Leslie Peters. And uh, and then there was another voice that said, yeah, well, he's here. And she was like, he? I thought it was uh, a she. I said, not only is it not a she, it's a he and he black. <laughs> and so I'm listening to this. You got to understand, I'm 21 years old. And you're a double surprise. And I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, so that that's already got my head going. And I'm like, wow, is this really happening? And and then that was bad enough. If that wasn't enough to shake me, then another voice says, well, we really needed, we really needed a woman to meet our quota, but I guess we could get the double quota if we do. Are you serious? Yes. You heard that. I heard that. And so then oh. they come over and then shortly after that, you know, four people you know, come into the room to interview me. And so I recognize the voice as soon as they started talking and I realized these are the people I heard. Oh, wow. So needless to say, uh, I did get an offer for that job. I, I did not accept that offer, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it was my, it was, it was, I mean, before I could even present myself, mm -hmm. I've already been judged. Yeah, twice. Twice. And so, now, how did that, so the second part of that question I was going to ask was, how did it, how did I overcome that, right? How did it transform me? Fortunately for me, I have my superhero is my dad. Yeah. And my dad had, was the first, a lot of things in his life. He was the first head coach, head football coach in the state of Mississippi. He was the first head football coach in the state of Mississippi to win a state championship. He was the first African-American head coach to head coach the All-Star game. He was the first to uh, coach the Mississippi, Alabama All-Star game. He was the first to be athletic director of the year. He was the first, so many things, he was the first. So through that journey of watching him, mm -hmm. I got a front row seat to the prejudice, how he moved through it, how he still kept that smile, even though, Yeah. We just witnessed what has happened. And so I called my dad mm. and I was telling him, and he really just kept me sane in the moment and really spoke some words to, to, to keep me focused. Um, and so without him, I have no doubt I would have, I would have been done. Yeah. And well, so you're, I think, 21. you're a young guy, 21, 21. And so my dad, my dad really, really uh, helped me through that time. And uh, and I and I will tell you, mentorship is real and is needed. And I realize not everybody has a dad, but somebody has to step in there and fill that gap. Yeah. And um, and then from there, I got stronger and stronger each occurrence. I learned from it, right? And so, what what I learned 
as I went back and studied it in my mind after that interview, I used the very next day for my next interview. And I really spoke to the fact, I said, I said, you know, I opened up the next interview when they gave me my chance to speak. They said, what drives you? I said, first and foremost, I'm not a quota. I'm not a number. I'm a person that can come in here and immediately make positive impact to the bottom line. Let me illustrate how. Wow. So they changed the whole way I approached the interview where I went from passive to sitting back to taking charge of it. And then I realized very quickly, they might not like me, but if I can make them more money, they're going to love me. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what it's all about. And so my whole approach changed. So that really helped me overcome and move forward and uh and kind of get through that and and what i realize is it's it's like it, it happened many more times in life and it right. still happens today yeah. i'm just better equipped to handle it yeah today. you know what they did you know they were they were kind of throwing stones at you and you said tell you what i'll use those as stepping stones i'll put them under my feet and i'll be higher for tomorrow and i'll be better for tomorrow and you were and and so and that's the attitude that you got to have and you are so blessed to have a dad uh you know that was a mentor that he showed you how to do that because he got a lot of stones thrown at him i'm sure throughout his life oh yeah things that we couldn't even understand or believe and yet he used them as stepping stones and he he showed grace and and dignity all the way through and i'm sure Boy, I'm sure he had a lot of moments where he he doubted. He had a lot of moments probably where he was angry because it was totally unfair, you know, his treatment and so forth. But that was to you also. It was like, wow, these people are just totally dismissing me and they're putting me in categories. And yet they haven't even spoke a word to me. They haven't even shaken my hand. They haven't even, you know, heard a word out of my mouth. And so... It's yeah, and that's sad because they lost as a company. They lost out on a, on a, an opportunity to have a great employee. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so I, you know, listen, it messed me up for a minute. I know uh, for a few hours. I yeah. talked to my dad, and then he really helped me get it in gear to yeah. tack because that was the first interview of four I had. So okay. I was. Look, I was rocking and rolling in the next three. Yeah. So, really, that one, that one was not my finest moment uh, uh, at all. I, 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 and 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 I knew I bombed the interview. So when they gave me the offer, I knew it was simply a quarter offer. And I, you know, so. And aren't you happy that that was your first interview? Yes. See, because yes. that set you up to succeed, and, and it's all really in in the attitude and the way you took it. And, and you use that as, as a leverage to, to make things better the next time. You said, hey, if they're thinking this or, or these people think this, guess what? Here's what I can do. And you did and you you hit a home run, buddy. I mean, they they set you up. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, look, I, I learned to uh, what was the word say, you know, uh, he'll 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 use your enemy as your footstools. So they, they became yeah. my footstools that day. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll say that. So, Dave, we, you know, we've tackled uh, the concept of overcoming right prejudice, but I want to. I always like to leave people because I know um, you got an important engagement. You got to go to this evening, but I want to leave people with at least five strategies 
for overcoming diversity. So I'm gonna put them up on the screen and then we're gonna talk about it. I give my perspective of what that means to me and then you give your perspective, okay? So here's right. the first one. Education and awareness. Yep. So what I say for this one is you've got to educate yourselves and stop believing everything somebody tells you. I will tell people all the time, don't just take my word for it. Go do the research. Yep. That's right. Go do the research because I believe you need to read it your, yourself. You need to validate it and verify it, and then you can receive it. I don't want you to receive it just because I said it, no matter how eloquently I may say it. I, you must be able to validate and verify yeah. before you can receive it. So, because if you educate yourself about different cultures, if you educate yourself about people and get to know them, then you don't find yourself saying stupid things because you're ignorant because you don't know. That's right. Yeah. Right? Like, like there's some... <laughs> There's always some things that amazes me. My, you know, my father's in the in the in the is, is in the funeral business, and my wife has spent a lot of time and years around the funeral home. But it always amazes me the things that people say when people are experiencing grief, mm -hmm. and they think they're helping, yeah, but they never really think about the words that's coming out of their mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, they say stuff like, "I, I, 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 I understand." I, 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 I'm right there with you. No, you're not. Hey, <laughs> right? like, what? Like, did you lose a kid? Well, no. Well, you're not right here with me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, don't, you know, but all those kind of crazy things. Why? Because people haven't educated themselves, so they speak. Or people that will say something that's grossly offensive to somebody, mm -hmm. and, and, and they're not even smart enough to know they said something offensive. Because you didn't educate yourself, right? Okay, I'm guilty. You are really stepping on my toes, man. Well, <laughs> it's not just you. We all are. And that's why I say education and awareness. The other thing about awareness is you got to, how do you educate yourself? How do you get aware? Number one, read. Read yeah. books, read articles, listen to podcasts to get yeah. a better understanding. Listen to us at Black and White Men Talking. We are doing what we try to teach you how to do. We, we, we've done it already. Yeah. yeah. I love this guy. He loves me. We've built a relationship. We've done the hard work. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. The other thing about that is attend workshops, seminars, and courses on diversity and inclusion and cultural sensitivity. Yeah. Every time before I go on vacation, I do some research on the culture of the places I'm going. What's offensive? What's not? What's some common things that are okay in my culture that are offensive in their culture. So I can stay away from those things. How many people really do that? Not many. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but you have to do that. So that's my version of education yeah. and awareness. Thing. Yeah. Well, the awareness thing, you know, and I mentioned this before, I read a book yesterday by Bob Proctor and he was a part of the, uh, the secret that came out, Rhonda Burns. Yep, yep. I remember that show. Yeah. And, he, and he said, you know what we're really trying to do to make ourselves better? We're looking for a, a higher level of awareness. Every single day, look for a higher level of awareness. Be be aware. I, I call it like Larry Bird. I, I said he was one of the greatest basketball players ever because of his court awareness. He knew where everybody was at. 
every second of the game. And he knew what he was going to do because he was very savvy and court aware. And we need to be a lot more aware of people around us and that they are human beings that need love. They need respect. And you need to acknowledge them because so many times we're just like robots passing right by. So awareness, that's a good one. Education and awareness. All right. Number two, next up, building empathy. Uh, Mine is simple here. Empathy is putting yourself into someone else's shoes. What I will tell you, actively seek out diverse perspectives that are different from yours. Yep. I guarantee you, if you actively seek out diverse perspectives, you're going to meet new friends and meet new people because that means you got to get around somebody who don't think like you. That's right. <laughs> you know, and empathy, you're right. I I always look at people, and I talk about this in my second book, Finishing on Fire, and I talk about um, looking at people and realizing, you know, if they're struggling, I, this is something I do. This is kind of weird, okay, but maybe it's not. When I see uh, or I hear an ambulance or see one or a fire truck or a police car, you know, driving by, I will start praying uh, for whoever's involved because somebody's having a really bad day. Yeah. Maybe they've been in a car wreck. Maybe their house is burning down. Okay. Maybe they've had a heart attack and, and the ambulance is going to get them. Let me tell you, when you hear that stuff, the sirens and you see them, Somebody's having a really bad day. So you need to, to say, wait a minute, at least it's not me, but I need to pray for that person because they're really struggling. And and uh, and it's funny, sometimes I've done that and I found out later it's somebody I knew, mm-hmm. we, you know, which is kind of funny. But, you know, we need it's a good point. Building empathy where you're looking at other people and saying, wow, they are a human being and they need love, respect and they need, uh, you know, me to learn a little more about them and realize, wow, they have a lot of value uh, to share with me. And thus, in turn, I can share with other people. So that's a good one. Really good one. All right. Next up, engaging in dialogue. Oh, be open and honest. Talk to people. <laughs> Genuinely. Let me get all the way up to the screen. Talk to people honestly and genuinely. Yeah. You know, so many times we say um, you you pass by somebody and uh, and you say, hey, how you doing? Good. Good. And that's it. OK. And and a lot of times I, I freak people out. They, they go by me and they say, well, how you doing? And I tell them, I say, well, honestly, and they stop and they're like, "Uh oh, here it comes. I say, if I was any better, I couldn't stand it. And they're like, oh, hey, that's great. You know, but it, it changes their mindset of just routine you know, just high by, you know, so forth, uh, you know, make, make conversation, you know, talk to people because you're amazed. I did a, a, um, uh, some work for some, some people here in, uh, in a local area the other day and, uh, the nice lady, this is just kind of an interesting story, but the lady, uh, they're a Jewish family. And, um, she said that, um, we, I was doing some work for them, and then she asked me to come into their home for a, a drink of water. And at first, I said, "No, it's okay." I'm right. And then she, you know, she asked again. And I thought, you know what? She's very kind, asking me for a glass of water. So I go in, and her and her husband are in their house, very nice, nice place. We got to talking, 
And before I knew it, she brought out a, a framed uh, picture. It's, it's really not a picture. It was a program from the New York Yankees back in 1931. It had a listing oh, wow. and uh, had all the players of the Yankees in the 31, had uh, the roster, had the different positions, everything. It was really interesting. It was about spring training and the teams they were going to play and the cities. And uh, had Lou Gehrig. Wow. Uh, we had ba uh, Babe Ruth was on there and several other names that, you know, that are you know famous. But Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig on that team, well, she goes down the list and she says, now look at this name. It was George Minor. And I said, okay, I don't, I don't know George Minor. She says, that was my dad. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, that is so cool. Wow. And, and she explained that he, he become, he was a relief pitcher, you know, for the team. He, he messed up his shoulder. He's in the majors three or four years. And then he become like your dad, a high school coach and teacher and was so instrumental in so many kids lives. But see, just by me accepting, you know, spending a few minutes to talk to her and her husband, I got a blessing of, of getting to know, hey, her dad played with uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and played on the Yankees. That's cool stuff. And, and every person has a story. Every person is unique and has value. If you'll just take a few seconds and listen to them and, and, and look at them and say, wow, you're interesting. Tell me a little bit about you. And Absolutely. you'd be blown right, away. We're going to move it right along. Keep it moving so I can get you out of here to your important <laughs> uh, But advocacy, right? Yeah. Um, you've got to fight for some issues that you know are wrong, yeah. even though it doesn't affect you. Exactly. So, and I say this to say, when my church here, we we do a lot of interracial work with uh, with churches that don't look like us. We're predominantly black denomination. We do a lot of interracial work with uh, a church that's predominantly white. And in our mixed groups, one of the things I said was um, early on was even though because I would always hear this comment, people would say, "Well, hey, I didn't." I didn't, I didn't own a slave. I wasn't, you know, I was not doing that to you or your race. Um, and then here's another thing. Let me just get this tidbit. If you are white and you say to a black person, your people, that is offensive. <laughs> your people. Put that out there. So in case you have, that's some education for you right there. That is offensive. Are you people? That is offensive. Probably. I don't know about every other ethnicity. I would probably think it might be offensive to some others, but I know it's offensive yeah. <laughs> to my race. So, but what, I would always hear that. Well, I listen. I don't believe in slavery. I don't condone it. I didn't do anything. And I, I, I don't. I, I am fair. I don't do anything. I, and so I asked this follow-up question. I said, "Have you ever seen anybody mistreat somebody that was black, or be prejudiced, surprised, or something?" Yes, but I didn't do it. I said, what did you do about it? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it wasn't me, so I didn't do it. Then you're just as guilty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and, and that's the advocacy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basic bullying, okay? When you're a bully, when you have power over somebody else and, and, and you assert that power, that's why I really struggle with this cancel culture out there because you believe differently 
they just, you know, burn your books or cancel you because you don't even have a voice. And I see that as, as kind of a, a modern day, uh, you know, uh, suppression of people's views. Now I've been to the, I've been to Auschwitz and I've been with the Holocaust survivor and I saw what the German people or Nazis did to the Jewish people and not just Jewish people, but anybody that, that they didn't like, they killed right. them, they put them through these death camps. And so anytime you see a, a prejudice, anytime you see something, like you said, advocacy, if somebody talks about somebody you know behind their back, you stand up for them, okay? If somebody talks bad about you, Leslie, it's my choice and it's my obligation to say, wait a minute, don't, don't talk about Leslie Peters. He's my friend and he's a good man. And if I say something negative about you, I'm going to tell it to your face and say, hey, dude, you need to clean up your act because you're you know messing up or whatever. Right. Right. But if you, you, you got to hold me accountable. Yes, but if you if, if you're going to let people talk behind behind the back, you know that's no good. That and you've got to stand up whenever you see something that is wrong. Right, you're right. I I was I'm from the north. Okay, my family fought and died to free slaves, and most of my family had never seen a black person. I mean, they they didn't live with them, but they fought. And they died, and 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 they they were trying to free, and and that's the way a lot of people in the north were. But as you get closer and closer, you realize we're just we're so much alike. It's unbelievable. And and why why are we doing these stupid things over and over and over again? It's because of ignorance, and and uh, no awareness, and we're not you know being empathetic. We're not doing these things, and it's sad. But advocate every single day. When the opportunity arises, say something. Absolutely. So the last one is exposing yourself to diversity. Um, you've got to seek out. You got to seek out events and opportunities to engage with people that are from a different culture, race, ethnicity than you. So yeah. festivals, art, music, museums, all kind of ways you can get out there and engage in something that that's different than you um you gotta seek it out it's not listen if you're at home it's not gonna come in your house <laughs> so you, you, gotta, you gotta seek it out you gotta expose yourself to diversity yeah well and here's the thing and you mentioned this uh a while ago we were talking about advocacy and you made a, you made this statement um and i remember that being said oh you people when you said you people I remember when Bertier and, um, oh, who's yep. his oh. oh, they were out on the streets in Alexandria. They were walking down the street and, yep. and Bertier said, yeah, you know, those people are you people, you know, and he, and then, um, oh, what is his name? Isn't that awful? I'll tell you, I'll come back. But he said, whoa, 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 you people. What do you mean? You people. He says, those, those, those guys over there, you know, and he didn't, Bertier didn't mean it, you know, but, but he come across and, and he was a, Julius. Julius was yeah, like, Julius. whoa, no, wait a minute. You know, that's not nice. And when you said that a while ago, I thought, oh, I remember that from the Titans. So <laughs> appreciate that. You know, and that's where we have to educate ourselves. Um, one thing I do, I read a lot of books and I try to have a diverse collection of books. I like to watch a lot of different movies. 
and 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 um, what do they call them? Um, uh, oh, the little things uh, about information about the past, um, commentaries or testimonials. What? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of that stuff. Interesting facts about history, and uh, and I think there's so much out there with technology today. I mean, I've got over a right here on my phone. I've got over a thousand books on my phone that I can pull up and listen to anytime I want. And if you can't travel or you're fairly restricted, let me tell you something. You can expose yourself to diversity. And I no excuse. It'll yeah, no excuse. And it will make you a better person. I guarantee you. Absolutely. So there it is. So not only have we broached the conversation, but we've given you five strategies to help you overcome prejudice and be a better person. Number one, and recap, education and awareness. Number two, building empathy. Number three, engaging in dialogue, open and honest dialogue. Number four, advocacy, meaning you gotta fight for what's right, even if it doesn't affect you. And then number six, you have to, number five, you have to expose yourself to diversity. Yep. Okay, so that is, oh man, this has been a great show. Great show, great (laughs) topics. Uh, I just want to remind you, you guys can find us right here on YouTube. Uh, you can find us soon on our Facebook page, Black and White Men Talking as well. You can find us on the audio version if you're in your car and you can't watch the video because I don't want you watching while you're driving. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, FM, Listen Notes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. So Black and White Men Talking. Tune in and just know that coming soon, uh, we're going to set up pre-orders here uh, as we get a little bit closer. But we are working on a book called Black and White Men Talking. And we will, when we get that cranked out, we'll have pre-orders where you can be the first to order a book. And if you want to order a hardback copy of the book, you'll be able to pre-order that and, uh, and, and get us to sign it for you. So that is coming in the future down the pipe. We're going to. Um, have a lot of great stuff coming. We got guests that are coming. We're going to be tackling topics. So what I want you to do is go to our YouTube page of Black and White Men Talking, subscribe, hit the subscription bell so you'll be notified when we are going on live. So make sure you turn your notifications on. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Cost you absolutely nothing. And we will help you become better and understand how to navigate Black and White Men Talking. Until next time. It's my main man, Dave Wiseworth. And it's me, the boy, it's the guy with the girl's name, Leslie Peters. And we are saying, see you on the next episode.